Genesis chapter number 45, and I'm going to read verses 1, probably down to verse number 15. When you get there, you can say amen. Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, Make everyone go out from me, so no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptian and the house of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer, for they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years, the famine has been in the land. And there are still five years in which there would be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near to me, you and your children and your children's children, flocks and your herds and all that you have. There I will provide for you, lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty, for there are still five years of famine. And behold, your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. So you shall then tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and of all that you have seen and you have hurry and you shall hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell on his brother's Benjamin's neck and he wept and Benjamin and Benjamin on his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. And after that, his brothers talked with them. Pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much, Lord, for the uh, reading of your word. Thank you for the power of your word, Lord. God, we thank you that your word endures the test of time. Your word breathes so much life, Lord, in dark places. Father, we thank you for the power of your living word. Let it rain today, Lord. Let it settle down and bring forth much fruit in those who would be listening today. I commit myself to you. I commit my heart to you. And God, I ask, Lord God, that you would be glorified in what is said and done in this room today. And all God's people said amen. Uh, you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're kicking off a brand new series today, and it's entitled Good Times. And this is an exciting uh, time of year. It's one of my most favorite times of year because we are entering into the holiday season. And how many know that right around this time of year, it seems like that Thanksgiving and Christmas just kind of comes and goes really, really, really fast. And so, uh, you know, put your seatbelt on and just try to stay, sit back and just savor every moment. 
and so I designed this series really uh, to help you to gain the most out of your holiday season uh, from a biblical perspective. Uh, how many know that it's a good time to be thankful? Say amen. It's a good time to share the love of Christ. It is a good time to give. And so we'll be looking at these things throughout the whole month as we um, unveil this series. But today I want to talk about a very, very um, um, sensitive subject, and that is forgiveness. How many know that it is always a good time to forgive? Jesus made a lot of profound statements, but one of the things that he said as you scan the gospel is that Jesus said offenses will come. It's kind of Jesus' way of kind of warning us that there are going to be points in times in our lives that you are going to be offended by somebody. Somebody is going to hurt you. Someone is going to betray your trust. Someone is going to do the very thing that we try to avoid oftentimes, and that is being hurt. I talk about the subject of forgiveness. I, I understand that it's a very sensitive issue because some of us have really, really had to deal with some very deep, deep and difficult things in our lives. I do understand that. And I want you to know this morning, I am not here to judge. I'm not here to point fingers this morning. I'm not here to... Uh, to, to uh, chastise you for not doing the Christian thing. I am here just to be a help. I am, I, listen, if you, if you came and searched me right now, you'd find no weapons on me. I, I, I have nothing, I come with nothing but the word of God because I really want to be a help to each and every one of you. But how many of you know that it is the will of God that you not be held bound by a spirit of bitterness and unforgiveness? It is the will of God. You, you, when I think about Jesus in his life, you all know this, but, but Jesus was a powerful force, not only because of who he is, but how he responded to the people that betrayed him. How many know Jesus was betrayed? Jesus was hurt. There were people trying to kill Jesus, and all Jesus did was walk around and did good. He, all he wanted to do was bless people. All he wanted to do was just be, a, he healed people, he provided, he fed them, he did miraculous things, and still there were people that was after him. There were people that were saying things about him, and people that were doing things to him. And do you not know that no matter what people did to Jesus, that it didn't derail him or keep him from loving them? He stayed in a place where he was emotionally free. How many of you believe that it is God's will that you be free from what people say, do, and do, and think about you? It is God's will. You are in the best position to be used by God when, when you can really come to a place in your life where, where people really cannot get to you in the sense that you develop bitterness and you develop anger and you let that govern your life. It is not the will of God. And all of us, I, you're here this morning because we all want to be used by God. But the reality of it is, is that if we, if we allow bitterness and unforgiveness to, to just dominate our lives, then we downgrade the possibilities of what God can really do in the lives of all of us. 
How many know that God is at work in you to will and do of his good pleasure? But you cannot be used completely and freely by God if because of what people do to you and say about you and it hurts you to the degree that you develop this anger and you develop this bitterness and you develop this unforgiveness, then you're limited. But Jesus, how many know Jesus wasn't limited? He fulfilled his ministry. No matter what people did to him, Jesus still loved them. How many know that we all must be free to love no matter what people do to us? If you're sitting here today and you find yourself in a situation where you say, I don't love that person, I don't like that person, I don't want to do anything to do with that person. Every time I think about that person's name, it just conjures up all the negative stuff. I want you to know today that if you're controlled by the spirit, you limit your capacity to be used by God in a very significant way. Because Jesus said offenses will come. That is like Jesus telegraphing. He's telling us in event. He said, here's what's going to happen in your life. You're going to have times when you're going to be hurt in life. I understand that your pain is real. I'm not here. Trust me. I understand that pain is real. Hurt is real. I've gone through some very personal things in my own life where um, I had to deal with this because of some things that I saw in my own family. Some very, very difficult things. And I stand up here today not to preach a sermon, but I stand up here as a testimony of what God can do when you get free. Everybody say, get free. God wants you to get free. We think about this and what Jesus did for all of us, it ought to give us an inspiration to open up and say, Lord, whatever it is you want to do in me, do it. And we've all come so accustomed to saying that as Christians, right? We've come accustomed to saying, Lord, whatever you want to do, God, use me. God, I'm available. Are you available to be used like Joseph? Are you really available? Are you really at a position in your life where you say, God, whatever you want to do, use me. The reality of it is, is this is an emotion that we deal with on a regular basis. Why? Because we're dealing with people all the time. You're going to deal with people every single day of your life. And sometimes it's not always pleasant. Can I get an amen? amen. Sometimes it's from the people that you love the most that will hurt you the most. And you got to still be able to look them in the eye and say from the deep corridors of your soul, I still love you. How I many know it really does take the power of the Holy Spirit? But it's available to us today. So, fact of the matter is there are many people that are controlled by a spirit of unforgiveness. And we've relegated, we've kind of said, well, you know what, I'm healed. And we've relegated out of sight to mean that I'm really healed. When out of sight, all that out of, out of sight means is that you don't see the person. How many of you have ever been in that position where you say, well, I forgive you, but I don't want to have anything to do with you? Has anybody ever been that way? You know, I forgive you, but I really don't want to have anything to do with you. I don't want you around. I don't want to talk. Just stay out of my, and then, and then, but we'll walk and we'll come right in church and we'll give God the glory. We'll give God the praise and we'll say, I'm free. I, but, but you're not free if when you see or think about that person, this stuff begins to well up on the inside of you. My assignment today is to get you free. My assignment today is to help you. 
I'm not here to arm you. I'm not here to, to point fingers. I want to help you because I believe that forgiveness, not only is it a cornerstone of your faith, it's a cornerstone of your faith, but it is the best thing that we can offer to a broken society. Are you hearing me this morning? So it brings us down to the life of Joseph. Incredible, incredible man. Every time I read this passage of scripture, I think in the context of my own life. And I will, I'm going to step out on a limb to say this, for those of us who are familiar with the, the story of Joseph, that whatever has happened in your life, that I'm, I feel pretty comfortable saying that whatever happened in your life, when you compare it up to what Joseph had to go through, it kind of uh, paled in comparison. What Joseph had to experience is beyond what any human, I mean, the worst case of, of hurt that you can possibly experience. And so let me kind of give you kind of the backdrop to this story. Jacob, who he has 12 sons. The Bible says that Jacob loved Joseph more than all of his other sons because he was the son of his old age. And Joseph was favored greatly by his father. His father made him the coat of many colors. How many of you remember the coat of many colors in, in Sunday school? And so his brothers really had this rage and this anger. And, and to make matters worse, Joseph began to have all of these dreams. And these weren't ordinary dreams. These were dreams that was, uh, uh, that was kind of indicating that one day that Joseph would not only rule over his brothers, but he would rule over his mom, dad. He would rule over all of them. And so Joseph found himself in a place where he was hated by his brothers. His brother was so jealous of him. And so one day, Joseph's brothers, they are out over in this place called Shechem. And they're kind of, you know, kind of pasturing the sheep. And, and Jacob says to Joseph, he says, son, I want you to go and I want you to check on your brothers. And I want you to kind of see how things are going because it's taking a long time. Check on them. Joseph goes out to check on his brothers. And when they see Joseph coming, they didn't say, Hey, here come, my, here come my little brother. They say, here comes this dreamer. Let's kill him. Now, that takes sibling rivalry to a whole nother level. See, I don't know about you, but I used to fight a little bit with my brothers and sadly to say my sisters. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When I was a kid, I mean, I was very young. It's one thing to say, brothers and sisters, we get into a little fight, a little skirmish. We say a couple of things, slam the door, walk away. Hey, it's all good. You know, a couple of hours, we all good. We're brothers, we're family, it's all good. But it's a whole nother level when all of your brothers say, let's kill him. Joseph don't even have a clue. Joseph walks up there, and when Joseph comes, they decide they devise this plan to throw him into a pit and to leave him there to die. In fact, that's what they were prepared to do, to throw him into a dark pit that was no water, his own brother. Can you imagine the picture? I want you just to imagine that, that, his, that, 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 that the screams and the yell that that, that that kid was probably, please don't do this. Brothers, please, please don't. They threw him in a pit to die. His own family, the, you, you know, the folks you're supposed to be able to trust. You, you threw me, you, you, you threw me into a pit. What are you doing, brothers? Please don't do this to me. 
unfortunately, there was a caravan of Ishmaelites that were coming by. And Judah said, well, you know, instead of killing them, because he is flesh of our bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh, let's not kill him. How many know that's a favor of God right there? That God works in ways that you don't even realize. How I many you now, you look back on things that happened to your life, you look back, you, you see now that God really was in it all the while. I want you to understand something, God is in it. And so they decide to sell him off. And Joseph gets sold off into Egypt, abandoned. I can, I can see this picture of him in that chariot on that horse just crying and weeping and just being taken away from his family, his brother, his father. Then to make matters worse, they go and they tell Jacob, who was their father. They devised a plan. They took that little coat, the point of jealousy. See, all this bitterness, all this anger. You see what bitterness and anger will do to you? It will bring you, bring you to a place where you will want to kill somebody. I know, y'all hear what I'm saying? There was a lady uh, in Roanoke. There was a, 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 a news anchor woman not too long ago, a few months ago. There was a guy who used to work at this news station. Y'all remember this? He's working at his news station, and he had all this bitterness that had been festering inside of him. He was mad because he thought that people did him wrong, and every day he was this way. He was angry. He was bitter. So one day, he walks up, cold blank, without any warning, and shoots two people down to shoot them. This is what anger, bitterness, and unforgiveness, if you leave it unchecked, it'll grow, it, it, it'll grow up like his own steroids. They devise his plan, and they lie to Jacob. And Jacob, his father, the father of all those sons, Jacob just wept. My son! Oh, my son! He loved this boy so much. Now, fast forward. Joseph, meanwhile, he lands in Egypt. And he's sold to Potiphar. Uh, and Potiphar was a servant of the Pharaoh. And Joseph is given such favor because the Bible keeps saying over and over again, you read the passages, and it started in Genesis chapter 37. But if you keep reading it, the Bible keeps saying, but God was with Joseph. Now, some of us would think, well, is God really with me? Has anybody ever been going through something so bad you wonder, is God with me? God was with Joseph. The Bible kept saying that. How do we know? Because Joseph was blessed in everything that he did. So he's now in, in Potiphar's house. He's in charge of the entire house. Potiphar didn't leave anything undone. He gave it all to Joseph. Only thing Potiphar had to worry about is, what kind of chicken I'm going to eat today? Oh, do I want it fried or do I want it baked? Potiphar didn't have to worry about anything at all. He left Joseph handle all his administrative affairs. Joseph was blessed. And Joseph... Now he's in a foreign land. He's been separated from his family. But, but we see Joseph is still progressing. Joseph, you don't see any record of Joseph being angry. He's being bitter. He's upset. No, you see Joseph still progressing. And, and, and all of a sudden, when things are going well, here comes Pharaoh's wife. Not Pharaoh's wife, but Potiphar's wife. And she, sees, she sees Joseph. And the Bible says that Joseph was a good-looking and well-built man. And she sees him, she says to him, I mean, not any, not even kind of warming up. You know, sometimes, you know, they try to say hi. Try to, she said, lie with me. Let's do it now. Joseph said, I can't do this and sin against my God. I'm a man of integrity. I love God. God sees what I'm doing. How many know that that was a man that was free of bitterness and angry, anger because he was still talking about the goodness of God? Some of us would have been like, God, you abandoned me. God, I don't want to have nothing. You, you follow what I'm saying? Joseph said, I can't do this and sin against God. 
So Potiphar's wife get upset and she lies and she claims that Joseph raped her. He never laid a finger on her. And guess what happens to Joseph? He gets thrown in prison. Again, nothing he did wrong, he's thrown out in prison. And while he's in prison, the Bible said that God was with Joseph. And the fact, listen to this, and Joseph was so blessed that the prison warden basically let, jo let Joseph run the prison. And while Joseph is in prison, it is discovered that Joseph had this gift of interpreting dreams. There was a couple of folks in the prison that need their dreams interpreted, and Joseph interpreted that dream, and one of them was called the cupbearer. Um, and so what had happened was uh, the cupbearer had gotten released from prison, and uh, Pharaoh, around about this time, Pharaoh started having these troubling dreams. He couldn't figure out what was going on. He's just dreaming. Now, I want you all to see God is all in this. And, and, and Pharaoh is just having these, he's trying to figure out, he, just, he keeps seeing these fat cows, and then he keeps seeing, you know, these seven fat cows, these seven thin cows. He can't figure out what's going on. So then he calls together all his magicians, and he calls all his soothsayers, and he calls them all up. He said, okay, I, I want y'all to tell me and interpret my dream. None of them can interpret what was going on. Then the cupbearer say, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I remember when I was in prison, there was this young man named Joseph. He interpreted my dream, and he was right on point. They bring Joseph up, and Joseph interprets the dream of the Pharaoh basically warning him that there was a big famine that was coming and all of Egypt needed to be prepared and that Egypt was going to be a place, a refuge where people can come and get food because God was prophetically preparing Egypt to feed that entire region that was going to be experiencing a famine. So now, Joseph, after he interprets the dream of the Pharaoh, instantly he gets promoted. And I'm not talking about he just get out of jail. He gets promoted, listen church, Somebody look at the neighbor and say, God is good. He gets promoted in the most powerful country on the planet at that time to second in command of all of Egypt. In fact, Pharaoh didn't do a thing. He said, let, he said, let, let nothing be done unless it comes through Joseph first. Joseph controlled all of Egypt. It all ran through Joseph. Somebody say favor. And around about that time, when the famine began to happen, all these different uh, countries were coming to Egypt to get grain because God had prophetically prepared Egypt for this. And so everybody's coming, they're getting grain. And, and, and Joseph, I'm sorry, uh, Jacob and, and, and his sons, which were Joseph's brothers, were, were back in the land of Canaan. They, had, they were experiencing this famine. And Jacob says to his brothers one day, he said, look, why are y'all looking at me? Go, 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 to, go to Egypt, get some grain. We're about to die. Go. And so when they go to Egypt, the brothers, Joseph's brother, he hasn't seen now for some 15 years. This is after he did all these terrible things to him. He gets there, and Joseph sees his brothers. They come before him wanting some food, and Joseph recognizes them right away. Now, honestly, if some of us would have recognized them right away and we had that kind of power, we might have killed them right on the spot. Because if that bitterness and that anger would have been harbored, how many know that the first chance I get, I'm going to, mm. he didn't do that. In fact, long story short, through a series of events had happened, Joseph then began to embrace his brothers 
He ended up loving them, bringing the whole family back from the land of Canaan. He took care of them. He gave them property. He forgave his brothers. He restored them completely and fully. Now, there are some things that I want to glean for the next few moments from this particular story that I think that can help you. Now, I really pray this morning that you indulge me. I, I want you to really open your heart because, and I want you to let your guard down. How many know that God wants your guard down? He wants your guard. He want, how many know fear is of the enemy? One of the biggest fears that we all have is being hurt. Come on. Am I right about it? And so you're scared. And so sometimes that fear has debilitated you. You haven't been able to be everything you can be because you are so guarded. And you cannot forget what was done to you. And you keep playing that movie over and over and over again. And it is just zapping the life out of you. Let's learn some things. I only have eight things here and then I'll get out of your way. What did what can we learn from the life of Joseph? First of all, Joseph didn't wait for them to say, I'm sorry. That's the first point. Some folks, you know how some folks are. I'm not going to forgive. I, I, why, why didn't you forgive? I'm not going to forgive him or her. I'm not going to forgive Because they didn't even say they were sorry. Joseph, you see, you know, Joseph, he met his brothers. I mean, we have no record of him sitting down saying, well, let me tell you what all you did to me, all the hurt and all the pain and all the stuff. Let me tell you, 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 you better apologize. Do you have any sympathy for me? Well, back to the contrary. We don't even see Joseph wanting to even talk about it. Some of you right now, either it's you or you know somebody who's right now holding a grudge because the other person didn't respond the way you thought they ought to respond. They ought to say, I'm sorry. I would agree with you. They should say it. But what if they don't? What's your next recourse? Joseph says, my next recourse is to love them anyway. I'm not going to be controlled by whether you say I'm sorry. I'm going to forgive because this is for me. I want to be used of God and I don't want to walk around bound in my emotions to anything or anybody. I want to be free. Who the son says free is what? Why give up your freedom and live in a kind of prison? You see how the devil tricks. Joseph said, he saw him, he didn't get into any of that. Second point, Joseph didn't allow an unforgiving or unforgiveness to ruin his life. I can imagine that Joseph could have been at a point in his life he could have just been for all of those years storing up wrath. Maybe that he's now the second in command. He can even go and try to look for him. We see no record of Joseph trying to go out and look for his family. We see Joseph just moved on. Am I right about it? We see no record of Joseph saying, let me go. No, no, as far as we know, Joseph, he's, he's moved on. And Joseph did not let unforgiveness or bitterness ruin his life. In other words, he did not allow himself to be angry, to be mad, and to be bitter. How many know that when people have been hurt and they harbor unforgiveness and bitterness, it makes them hard to love anybody else? You ever met anybody that is just mad at everybody? 
they're just angry. They're mad. And you can't be, why they're upset? And then a lot of times, if you talk to them, something happened in my past that was unresolved. And when it's unresolved, it not only affects you, it affects, listen, the person that offended you, watch this, church. But, but listen, it affects all your other relationships. When you let that thing get into your soul, it affects all your, everybody say all. And you can walk around mad and you can walk around angry. How I many know that Joseph had every right to walk around mad for the rest of his life? And when he sit down and talk to us, Joseph could have been, he would have been the prime candidate that would have been sitting up there talking to Oprah. Come on. He had a story for Oprah, didn't he? And he had a story for Dr. Phil. Let me tell you, he could have had everybody sobbing and weeping with him. Oh, oh I can't get my name. Boy, I will never Joseph just, he just let that stuff go. He, just, he said, you know what? This is what happened to me, but you're not going to ruin my life. The price is too high. I'm not willing to give you that too. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Third point. Joseph forgave in spite of his hurt. I said at the beginning of the sermon, I understand the pain. The pain is real. For some of us, I do understand that. But can I say this? And don't get mad when I say it. Forgiveness is a choice. It's a choice. How many know Jesus chose to love? When Jesus hung on that cross, he said what? Father, forgive them, which means he had already did that. That was a foregone conclusion. He had already did that. So Jesus hanging on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them because they don't even know what they're doing. How many know that you're not going to get free until you make a decision to forgive? You know, you ever, you ever heard this? I bet you guys have heard this said before on occasion. Um, if, if this person ever did this to me, I will never forgive them. If my spouse, come on, ever cheated on me. Come on. I will never, ever forgive him for that. And we say that with great boldness. And we already have taken a position that says that I'm not going to be free. I'm not talking about how the relationship would end up. I'm talking about you making it up in your mind in advance. I'm not going to forgive. It's not a popular thing to say, but how do you know Jesus forgave you? When we whoremongered, when we did what we did, he forgave you. And he don't replay the, ain't you glad that he don't replay the movie? Come on, give Jesus a praise clap. He don't replay the movie. He doesn't. In spite of how Joseph felt in his heart, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forget. I'm going to make a choice. I want you today to really in your heart say, you know, from this day on till I die, I'm going to live my life in such a way that I'm not going to let unforgiveness and bitterness dominate my life ever. It's never going to happen to me. It's never. I'm never going to allow that. Because let me tell you something. When you do, then you miss so many opportunities. Jesus said, I came to give you life and give it to you abundantly. How many know that that means he wants you free in your emotions? The only thing you want to owe anybody is love. But, Pastor, what about what they did to me? 
I get it. Love. Fourth point. Joseph forgave from his heart. Everybody say heart. heart. You know, Christians are really, really good at saying things that we don't mean in our hearts. We, we, we're, we're like professionals at that. How are you doing today? Praise the Lord. Everything's good. Everything's good. And you just, everything ain't good. You just said that. Well, did, did I offend you? Did, did, did I say something that bothered you today? Oh, no, 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 no. Every, everything is just fine. I can't believe, can you believe what they did to me? I can't, I can't stand. I'm like, oh, man, I can't believe. But yet, we harbor those feelings inside of our heart, and we can never, how I many you know freedom got to come from the heart? The Bible says if you cast down thoughts and imagination that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. So here's what we do. We say things that other people want to hear, but inside of our heart, we, we hold this big place of anger and bitterness, and we guard it, and we protect the baby. We protect it. And, 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 and we, we reserve this space because, after all, we feel like we deserve it. And so we say stuff that we know we don't really mean. I laugh. We can laugh in somebody's face. It's a great, okay. But inside, you go, you turn around, and you, and you got all these bad thoughts and feelings, and you're letting them go unchecked. And how many of you know that you can't get free that way? Joseph, how many of you know Joseph forgave from the heart? When Joseph saw his brothers, the scripture says that when he revealed himself, the Bible said that he cried like a baby. I believe Joseph cried because he really loved his brothers. Come on. He, Joseph didn't cry. Joseph loved his brothers. He, Joseph loved his brothers. They all cried like they were all victims. Everybody was crying. Joseph, Joseph, now Joseph was the target of the issue, and yet Joseph kissed and he loved his brothers unconditionally. He didn't even bring up all the stuff. Wow, what an amazing guy. Do you not know that God wants you to live that way too? That is not a story for you to read and to kind of push back to the burner, push back and say, well, this is, this is Joseph, this is not my story. Joseph was different than me. You know, we got ways of rationalizing things and we don't want to step up to the plate, don't we? We all do. But the Bible said that all scripture is given by God for inspiration, for correction, and for righteous living. All the scripture is for to help you to get free in that regard and to bless you and to help you to live your life. So Joseph gives us a lot of information. Fifth point, Joseph demonstrated his forgiveness. Look at verse number 10 and 11. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen. This is Joseph talking to his brothers, right? This is, chapter 45 is about the reconciliation. It's about the reunion. Look at this. He says here in verse number 10, uh, yes, you shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near to me. Come on, stop right there. You should be near to who? me. Now, I'm not going to put you all the way across another spot where I don't have to see your ugly face. I'm just kind of saying what people feel. Y'all pardon my, my being graphic. I, I, you know, I'm going to be a good Christian, but I'm going to put you way over. I don't want to see you. I don't want to have no. He said, no, I'm going to put you near me. 
Isn't that what he says? He says, you shall be near to me, and you and your children, and what? Your children, children, your flocks, your herd, and all that you have. There, look at this, hear this. There I will provide for you. Now, don't stop right there for a moment. Not only was Joseph the one, the target of all of this wrongdoing, but Joseph tells his brother, he says, he says, not only am I going to give stuff to you and give you this land, but I'm going to take the responsibility to take good care of you. Wow. How many know that's power? He said, I'm going to take care of you. So watch this. Real forgiveness is demonstrated. Let me ask you a question. Because how many know that the Bible says your heart is, is, is desperately wicked, but who can know it? You know that scripture verse? You know that you can convince yourself that you forgave when you really haven't? <laughs> Y'all don't really want to talk this morning with me. You know, you can convince yourself of whatever you want to believe. Come on. The Bible says your heart, that's why David said, create in me, O Lord, a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. David also said, search me, O God, and see, because I don't even know myself. I don't even know myself. So one of the ways that you know that you've forgiven somebody is that you demonstrate it. Can I ask you a question? How have you demonstrated your forgiveness? You said you forgave. Did you demonstrate your forgiveness? For some of us, you're not even going to know or find out or understand if you forgave or not until you do something tangible to prove it. Prove it. Have you done it? Have you done it from the heart? So real forgiveness is demonstrated. Number six, this is a wonderful one right here. I'm going to park here for just for a moment. Joseph forgave because he saw God's plan. Genesis chapter 45, verses 5 and 8. Are you there? Say amen. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. There's a couple of things. I'm going to come back here in a second. For God sent me before you to preserve life. Stop right there. Y'all know where I'm going with this, right? All the while, when Joseph was going through all of that pain, because some of you have been going through some stuff for years, years. You've been going through hurt, rejection, pain, and you've even wondered sometimes, God, where are you in the midst of what I am going through? All the while, when Joseph was going through what he was going through, it was the plan of God. To use Joseph, listen to this, to save his entire family. In other words, to save a nation. Can I ask you a question? If your pain, now listen to me, before you answer, I want you to hear it very, very, very clearly. If your pain means someone else's salvation, is it worth it? If my pain that I have to go through would mean that you will be saved, is it worth it? In God's eyes, it is. This is what God is doing. 
Oftentimes when God is working in your life and you are going through some pain and you've been hurt, oftentimes God want to use you. God is in the process of bringing salvation. It said here, he said here in verse 5, he said, God sent me ahead of you. It was God who did it. How do you know God takes our mess? All things work together for good for those who love God. Now, you got to be in the right spirit and the right perspective. He said, but all things work together for good. Everybody say, for good. For those who love God. And so what? It's not that God causes the mess, but he works his will in spite of this stuff. And somehow he flips it for his glory. And if you don't understand that, you'll be mad, you'll be angry, and you think the whole story was just about you, and it was about the deliverance of a nation. No, you don't understand. Oh, I'm not making light of it. I hear it. But wake up. God, the whole time, God's plan, God made a promise to Abraham. He says, and that promise involved you. He says, Abraham, in you, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. How many know that you are Abraham's seed? You are here today as a result of somebody's pain. You are here today because, of, because Joseph, he stood in a gap and he allowed God to use him. The whole time, God was preparing to save the entire family. He said, God sent me here to save y'all. <laughs> he said, I'm good. I'm cool. See, here's the thing. When we harbor that unforgiveness and that bitterness and that anger and all that stuff, God can't, see, you see how we lock the possibilities out? Because we don't, we see in such tunnel vision and our perspective what it means to be blessed. How many of you know that the best blessing that anybody can ever experience in this life, on this side of glory, is salvation. The best. The far best. Now, you're not taught that in a lot of circles, but a lot of people will teach you is the best is to get stuff, right? How many know material things are temporary? Houses, cars, all that stuff is temporary. What's more important to God more than anything else is the souls of men. And God, you said, well, does God really work that way? You know, that's what he did with Jesus. Am I right about it? Jesus was afflicted, and he was beaten, and Jesus stayed free. Father, forgive them. God let Jesus go through all that pain so that he can bring you into the family. And Jesus understood it, and he says, Father, not my will be done. Let your will be done. If your will means that I got to have some pain and hurt in my life, then God, give me the grace to endure it. If you, I ask you the question again. If your pain would mean the salvation of your family and those around you, even your offender, do you want to see your offender get right with God? If you can't say yes emphatically, you need to pray because this is, what, this is what concerns God more than anything else. Number seven, Joseph released his brothers of their guilt. I only have eight of these. I only have one more. So Joseph did not say, he did not say, well, listen, uh, um, I want you to feel guilty for everything you did to me. Payback. I want, I want you to know, I want you to feel bad because I feel bad. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make you feel bad too. I'm going to pray to God that you feel my pain 
How many know Jesus took our pain? <laughs> How many know that Joseph was nothing like that? He told his brother, he said, don't y'all be mad. Don't be angry with yourself, verse 5. Look at it. He said, don't be angry. In other words, he said, guys, don't be angry. Forget about it. We don't even need to talk about this thing. God, it was God. Don't, I'm, I'm going to release you of your guilt. You know that scripture that says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. You know, we, we twisted that scripture. We say it like this, vengeance is mine, O Lord. No. God don't want you thinking that way. Joseph said, you know what? How many know when God forgave you of your sin, he released you of the guilt of your sin? See, I couldn't really enjoy my life as a Christian if I keep thinking about the guilt of all the wrong that I've done in the past. Has anybody ever done anything in the past that, that, that you know that if God didn't release you, that you would be bound, that you really couldn't enjoy your salvation? Well, I can enjoy my salvation today is because he freed me from the guilt of it. He, I don't even have to feel bad about it. I am free because of what he did. Joseph released his brother. He says, don't feel bad. Don't be angry with yourself. God did it. God did it. I want you to know he did it to preserve life. So I'm good. So please, let's all have a party and rejoice together. Wow. Some of us just need to release somebody. We've been telling folks, and we've been hoping that they feel our pain. You need to go to that person. You need to say, you know what? I want you to know today that I'm going to release you. I had let anger and bitterness set in my heart, and I keep replaying that movie over and over again. But today is your day of release. Because let me tell you something. If you can release them, you might release them out of the pits of hell, and, and they may run to the arms of God. Some folks, listen to me, some folks, the only God in Christ they'll really experience in this life is you. Is you. So if that was the case, can you say emphatically that I've been a good representative? Lastly, because of Joseph's forgiving spirit, God could trust him with true riches. God allowed Joseph the ability to save a nation. I said a moment ago that true riches is the sons of men. We all talk about being anointed by God and being favored by God, and I'm all for it. But when God brings his anointing and God brings his favor, God is thinking much, much bigger than what we tend to think. We tend to think about our view of blessing is very narrow. Can we be honest? Our view of blessing is very narrow. God has a very large view when it comes to um, blessing. His view of blessing is far different than ours. So God said, I can trust him. God said, you know what, Joseph? I can trust you. I want to make you the second in command of all Egypt. Joseph got promoted to a powerful position. Why was he at a powerful position? Because God could trust him. He had the right spirit. He had the right heart. So a lot of people, they want that anointing. They want that blessing. But do you, not, do you really want what Joseph got? What did Joseph get? Second in command. He's running Egypt. Do you want that anointing? Most of us would be like, yeah, I want that. I want that. I want to be in charge. Okay, now here's the question. Do you want to do what it took for, to get in charge? How did Joseph get to where he was? Now ask yourself the question, do you really want that? Because if you can come to that place, God can use you in an amazing way. And this, this holiday season, I want you to really think about ways. I want you to find people that you have trouble with. You pray and ask God. If you're free in your spirit, hey, enjoy your life. Have a great holiday season. But if there's somebody, you got some anger, some bitterness, 
get mad at them or whatever. Open your heart and let the Holy Spirit heal you. That's what this message is about today. Finally, and I'm done. What does Jesus have to say about the issue? Matthew 18, 21 and 22 says this. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall I, my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? That's such a, a fleshly response, isn't it? But Jesus said to him, I did not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. In other words, Jesus was saying, live in forgiveness. Be an example of forgiveness. Every single day, you walk in forgiveness. In other words, I am going to just forgive every chance I get. I'm going to set people free. Walk in it. Everybody say walk in it. That's what he was really saying. Matthew 6, 14 and 15 says, If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you. Now, how do you know that's accountability? That's not talking about a verse with regard to salvation. That's really with regard to those of us who are in the kingdom and we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing and, and that God is going to hold us accountable. So if you're a person that is holding on to anger and bitterness and you say you're a Christian, you must know that God Listen to me, God, you're under the, the spanking of God. Everybody say you're spanking of God. If you don't forgive and you know better, Jesus says, I'm not going to forgive you. In other words, I'm going to hold this against you. You need, every time you ask God for forgiveness, he can say, wait a minute, did you go back and did you, did you do what I tell you to do with Brother Edwin? Did you go talk to Brother Walter? I, I told you, did, did you do that? Well, God forgive me. No, I told you, so you turn around, you go do that, and then you come back and you talk. This is the gateway, or, the, or, or shall I say, the portal to a great holiday season. That you live a life free. This is a good time, a good time to forgive. Won't you do that today? Let's make a commitment. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Father, in Christ's name, we thank you so much that you have forgave us, Lord, of so much. Maybe you're here this morning and inside of your soul, inside of your heart, you have been, you have harbored some feelings. You've replayed a movie over and over again and you have not allowed yourself to be free. There's some bitterness, there's some anger that has got a deep root and a stronghold even. You're saying, Pastor, God showed me some things. I need to get some things right today. In fact, I'm going to do better. I'm going to renew myself. I'm going to be a man or woman that exemplifies forgiveness. If that's you this morning and you need grace, the Holy Spirit convicted you. You're angry, you're bitter, you're mad. God want to heal you of that today. That's what this sermon is about. It's about healing. God is really saying he wants to heal you today. And I want to give you a chance to come to the altar right before we take communion. By coming to the altar, you're saying, God, not only do I confess, Lord, that what I'm feeling and what I'm giving into is wrong, but God, I need your grace to be healed. I'm making a commitment, Lord, to walk in forgiveness. There's grace at this altar. Whenever we have an altar call, there's grace at the altar. 
And if you're a person that's struggling with that, I'm going to ask you to come to the altar. I'm not going to ask you what it is. I just want you to come, and I believe that the Holy Spirit is here to help you for those who really want to be free. And I pray today you really want to be free. If the Holy Spirit has convicted you in any way, I want you to come to the altar. We'll pray with you. Don't even think about it. Just come to the altar. We'll just take a moment. Speak, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Is there one? Is there one? Thank you, Lord. Is there another who's been controlled by bitterness and anger? unforgiveness the thought of that person makes you sick or either the thought of that person makes you very very angry if that's you this morning do it for yourself I want you to come to the altar and get healed this morning I want you to get healed I want you to get free there's freedom in the room we sung a song last night I believe one day this week there's freedom in this place there's freedom. I want you to come. Is there another? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Good to see you back in service today. I want you to stretch your hands toward my brother as he comes. The Bible says that he that comes to him, he would in no wise cast out. I want you to be praying for our brother. Father, in Jesus' name, God, Brandon has come up front today to confess, Lord God, that there's some issues that has been in his heart that has caused him not to be the best that he can be. Anger, bitterness, frustration because of past hurts, abuse, neglect. I hear the Holy Spirit saying today that he wants to heal you today and you are healed. Just lift your hands, Brandon, as an act of surrender and receive the healing of God. Father, in Jesus' name, God, just descend on him right now and heal his heart. Uproot and remove any bitterness, any anger, any unforgiveness. God, set Brandon free. Let there be a miracle of freedom, a miracle of grace because of your mercy, Lord. I thank you so much for healing my brother. 